The News Round on Off The Ball. With Gillette, in association with Movember. Effortless shave, magnificent mo. This is News Talk. The greatest of all time. It's a debate that I suppose will live on forever, but one name will always be on every list. Pele passed away 24 hours ago at the age of 82. Three days of official mourning have been declared in Brazil. We'll talk to Tim Vickery this hour in Brazil about what this giant means to his home country. Also tonight, we look forward to another round of the URC Interpros on New Year's Day with Alan Quinlan. And as it's our last weekday off the ball of 2022, we're going to look back on the sporting year that was with some of our favourite pieces reflecting those moments. We'll have Brian O'Driscoll on Ireland series win New Zealand, a brilliant piece with Eric Donovan and Ronan Mullen on Katie Taylor's epic win over Amanda Serrano in New York. Brian Cody stepping down after 24 years with two stalwarts of or two of his stalwarts, Eddie Brennan and Michael Fenley, and lots more besides. Now, it's Mick McCarthy here tonight, just me, myself and I. There's a shortage of people with Christmas and illness and thankfully there's always old reliable Richie McCormick to lean on in these times of trouble. Richie, hello and Happy New Year. Old, re- old reliable happy, uh, early Happy New Year to you as well Mick. Uh, spot the two lads who couldn't sort out days off over the Christmas uh, to pad out the week uh, is probably what we'd say here. Uh, but yeah, like it's 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 a it's a strange old week um, I think obviously compounded by events in Sao Paulo last night. Yeah. Because um, I think like, I'll be honest with you our topic of conversation last night was about to be, sure, how do you actually pronounce Cody Gakpo's surname? And then uh, we got the the tweets and Instagrams in to go, actually, no, I think it's probably something a little bit, uh, you know, more weighty so this is to talk what about I, here. So, yeah, this is what I was going to say. Like, I mean, to not to pull the curtain back, but I've been talking to Kira here and you were sitting in this exact seat 24 hours ago. Yeah. And I believe we were in the seven o'clock news when yeah. news yeah. came true about Pele and I actually was I didn't hear it live and I was listening to it today and I was like God Richie is incredibly sombre uh, you know and it's like I mean for now 24 hours later we're thinking of Pele as somebody to be celebrated and to yeah. look back on the career with gusto almost you know but 24 yeah. hours ago you had literally just heard as you came on air and we got Gilesy back on the phone and did a great tribute yeah, it's um, it's a very strange thing because you have to kind of set the right tone, and I don't like immediate celebration. Probably wouldn't. Oh, sure, absolutely. Right yeah, to do, yeah. but but like when you consider the eighty-two years that he was with us and the many facets of his career, like I, my first encounters with Pele are probably like a lot of other people my age and 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 our age, Mick, uh, without wanting to drag you into this. Uh, which would have been by by videotape and by film. Mm. So like I would have seen him first uh, in action. I don't know how many, if anybody else out there has this, I'd love a copy of it because I think the YouTube version is a bit dodgy. BBC did a video around 1990 called The Boys from Brazil, which I think was done just before the World Cup because John Motson does the voiceover and he obviously alludes to what will Brazil do in, in 1990. And it's like a lot of it, obviously, it's just clips of Pele mm. being brilliant. And as somebody else pointed out last night, Apart from obviously the final and, and his, his his goal there and, and everything he contributed to to Brazil winning in seventy, like he we won the World Cup as a child in and as one of the best players in the world as a child in yeah. nineteen fifty eight, and also like some of his best moments weren't goals. Like you think of that dummy against Uruguay when he goes around the keeper and and knocks it just wide. The chance against Romania when he tries to ping it in from the halfway line and it goes again, uh, just wide. But shows the the vision and the intelligence and the the gall of mm. the man on the football field. And then the other videotape that you would have seen a lot of Pele on when you're my age is Escape to Victory. 
as <laughs> Corporal Luis Hernandez from Trinidad and Tobago, who can do everything on a football pitch and can score famous <laughs> equalizers uh, with an overhead kick and broken ribs and escape off into the Parisian streets under the cover of a, a stranger's coat. Um, a but, Pele like, kick, geez. as they call it in uh, in uh, in America, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but like it's it's absolutely remarkable. Like his influence stretches everywhere. Like even that Pele kick that you talk about is now not. It's like a, it's a it's a it's a move in professional wrestling. There's a guy called AJ Styles who did like an overhead kick as part of his repertoire, and that became known uh, as the Pele kick. Um, so like he he stretches into other facets of life that very few sportsmen have ever done. So in that respect, he's he's definitely in rarefied air. It's a great chat with Tim. Uh, we recorded it earlier on. It's coming up um, in about 15 minutes or so. But uh, one of the things we did talk about was kind of Pele's influence on how we see Brazil now as a mm. country even, but certainly as the football team that we all look forward to seeing. And was that all down to one man? And Tim has a great response about how his career, uh, you know, the, the 20 years of since he told his father that he was going to you know, dry his tears and win the World Cup to 1970, that everything changed in Brazil, in football, in technology, everything. And when you think of, Culture, yeah. you think of the 1970 World Cup and, you know, that's the first colour TV World Cup. And I always like, the story I always hear from my dad was, you know, my grandfather, you know, got the TV in for the 1970 World Cup. Now, I don't yeah. know if that's apocryphal or if I'm even remembering it wrong, but that's what always been in my head. And from in, in my head, that's as much about two things. It's about the colour, Brazil representing that colour in the yellow, blue and white, and then Pele being that representation of Brazil. Is that that is how much he meant. He, he was the linchpin for, in some ways, the birth of colour television when it comes to sport. Yeah, like there's there's two main there's probably two key influences in I think the northern hemisphere as regards to the drivers for television, like just the medium itself. Uh, one famously is uh, the coronation of Queen Elizabeth. So it was in '53, I think. Obviously, television had been around for a little while, but its progress had faltered because of the Second World War. But everybody suddenly wanted television to watch the coronation of Queen Elizabeth in the UK and and everywhere else. And then when colour started to become a thing, and obviously we were probably among the later adopters in this country, mm. but certainly in uh, the UK, in Western Europe, and possibly in North America as well, one of the main key drivers for colour TV was the 1970 World Cup. And that is just like, that. those colours, that the, the colours of the final particularly, like the really verdant, lush Azteca turf, those yellow jerseys of Brazil, the really dark blue of Italy, like it was, that's seared in people's minds. And those those were, would have been the, some of the first color moving images that a lot of people would have seen outside of a cinema uh, yeah. house. So like, like that's just, that, that, that imprint, like that will never be replicated because it can never be replicated. Like as somebody else said, I think it was the clip that we, we put out on social media from the, uh, the documentary maker, the one that's on Netflix, like he did everything first. Like, mm. and, and, and that, is something for for all our talks of goats and who is the best of all time. He's he's definitely up there, but of all those in the conversation, he's the one who got there first. And this is exactly it. And it, and again, we'll talk to Tim about it, but it, it isn't just myth as well. It's like Pele was two to four and was just an exceptional, exceptional footballer. We never really got to see him in any real way, but there's plenty of evidence out there. But the way people like 
John Giles, who saw him for real, that you spoke to last night, talk about him, is that, you know, it was far from just that Pele was a figurehead lynch. You know, for want of a better... I always found that David Beckham is a terrible example of this because David Beckham was a very, very good footballer, but he wasn't as good as his celebrity. Um, yeah, his, you know, whereas, his celebrity outsized Pe- his, his actual ability. Whereas with Pele, the ability yeah. was there to go along with the fact that he was yeah. the leader of world football. So, well, 1958, well, the ability created the celebrity. That's, absolutely, that's the yeah. Pele. yeah. 1958, you talked about earlier, and you talked about it a little bit last night, and it's one thing we didn't really get to um, with him for time constraints. But the fact, again, that I, I can't emphasize enough, the fact that a 17-year-old wasn't just the guy who came alive in the World Cup, but was even going into it as the main mm. man in a team that went and won the World Cup for the first time. Uh, it's actually beyond comprehension, really, isn't it? Like, I know things were different back then. People had to grow up a little bit quicker and people yeah. weren't mollycoddled. But at the same time, but this he, was a 17-year-old who scored two goals in the World Cup final and led his team through the tournament. Like, I hate, I hate drawing comparisons <clears throat> with different eras because obviously it's, it's really futile. Yeah. But, like, if, if you go back to... 2006 and look how Lionel Messi was coated in, in cotton wool being you know brought into that World Cup in drips and drabs in, in Germany you look at how even like he's not in the same plane but certainly in, during the 90s there was talk that he was going to be one of the great players somebody like Raul who wasn't brought to Euro 96 because he was viewed as being too young at yeah. 17 and obviously was there in 98 and, and went on to make whatever limited impression he could do in a in a limited Spain side. But you're talking about 17-year-olds don't make that progress at this age. And yes, they had to be adults sooner than they probably should have been in those days. But regardless, to have that level of talent whereby you're the driving factor of your country winning a World Cup and lifting itself up five year or eight years on from that disappointment uh, at the Marikana, yeah. it's just it's just remarkable. Like it is fairy tale stuff. And I don't think like, I don't think that should be lost. Like he no. wrote his own fairy tales several times over, and uh, should be lauded for that because he's just an incredible, incredible footballer. Yeah, and look, I don't know if we're learning anything new about Pele, but it's been great to relive it over the last twenty-four hours. I have to say, and and, yeah. and read all about it afresh and anew again because uh, it's a story that should never be forgotten or overlooked. As is, was predictable tonight, we've gone on way too long about Pele, which is the only <laughs> interesting story of time, and we've barely any time for your news round, which is brought to you with yeah, Gillette yeah. Labs for an effortless finish today. So I'm really glad you spent all day writing it, uh, Richie. But yeah. let's get through a couple anyway, quickly. <laughs> Uh, we'll mention, obviously, there's three days of mourning ongoing in Brazil uh, following Pele's death. And obviously, everyone in the football world is going to pay tribute starting tonight. Two games in the Premier League, uh, the first of which kicks off in half an hour's time at the London Stadium. West Ham will be up against uh, Brentford there. An 8pm start at Anfield where Liverpool entertain Leicester. Liverpool side has Alisson in goal, Trent Alexander-Arnold, Joel Matip, Virgil van Dijk and Andy Robertson. Thiago. Jordan Henderson and Harvey Elliott are in midfield and then front three of Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, Mo Salah and Darwin Nunez. Uh, Johnson Sexton, Jameson Gibson-Park are to start together for the first time this season when Leinster welcome Connacht to the ODS on Sunday. Leo Cullen has made 13 changes to his side with only Jordan Larmer and Ryan Bird retained. Connacht will travel to Dublin without Ireland internationals Mac Hansen, Bundiaki and Finlay Bealham. While Malachi Fekatoa is back in the Munster Centre for their game with Ulster on New Year's Day, his return one of six changes from their narrow defeat to Leinster. Ulster are able to recall Jacob Stockdale, Robert Balakoon, James Hume and Billy Burns for that game and there is a 7.35 start at Murrayfield 
where Edinburgh take on Glasgow Warriors tonight. And Didier Deschamps appears certain to still be in charge of France when they visit Dublin in March. He's been holding talks with the French Football Federation this week regarding an extension to his contract, which expires with the turn of the year. But FFF President Noël Legrat told Le Prisien this evening that a new deal is close to being signed. In fact, it seems almost his signature is the only thing that's missing from that deal. Do you know what Deschamps needs to do now, Richie? He needs to go and say, I've already won the World Cup. I need to go and reinvent this team. I'm going to bring yes. in a load of 17-year-olds yes. for the trip to Dublin and see if I can find the next Pele. Well, it was actually, one of them came up. There was a guy who came on from Monaco. His name escapes me the other night. He scored two off the bench against Strasbourg. Now forget him. He could um, actually he, be good. Yeah, that's, yeah. What I'm, that's what I'm talking about. He actually looks really, really good. So perhaps, I don't know, maybe is, is 16, 15 too young for, for an international footballer in France? I don't think so, personally. So I think uh, it, it behooves Didier Deschamps with a new horizon uh, coming up for him to dig into the younger talent that is available in France, particularly in those early games in the qualification campaign. Absolutely. Look, if it doesn't work out and you've lost in Dublin, yeah. so you can always go yeah. back to the tried and true. You know, yeah. re- re- Recalibrate for those games against Greece and stuff like that, so they'll be fine. Yeah, Exactly. And make sure you do beat Greece, though. That's very important for us. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Richie, thanks so much. Uh, enjoy the rest of your Friday evening and Happy New Year to you. Yeah. We'll chat to you next week. 